Welcome, everyone, to this week's edition of Behind the Braves, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. I'm Ricky Mast, Atlanta Braves Digital Media Content Manager. Uh, my co-host, co-pilot, Greg McMichael, he's a busy man. Kevin McAlpin, he's a busy man, so he's going to be uh, off the show for a couple weeks, but uh, he'll, I, I'm sure he'll be back in, in fine form. But in the meantime, I was going to say... <clears throat> what better person to have in here than my buddy? But you're not my buddy. You're my you're my pastor. <laughs> you're my reverend, Kevin yes, McAlpin. Show some respect when for you, the man of the cloth. When you're <laughs> when you're not busy hosting pregame, postgame, yeah. Braves Radio Network and 680 The Fan, you're performing weddings now, or yeah. you're at least one that I was uh, in, and it, well, it was uh, mine. Well, so, I'm we, one for one. Do we know that it's actually? Uh, do we know that it's actually like official? Did, did you actually marry us, or was this was it all pomp and circumstance? <laughs> I paid the twenty. Nine ninety five plus shipping. I got the certificates. <laughs> I I signed off on your marriage license. To this point, I have not gotten any notification that it is not official. So, oh, okay. in my opinion, and in the opinion of the Lord, and in the opinion of the state of Georgia, sure. you are uh, an officially a married man. And I got to tell you, it was an absolute honor to be part of that day. But I, I, you saw me. I was I was pacing. I was nervous. I didn't want to mess this. This is my first wedding I ever officiated, right? And I I, I don't want to be the reason that. Something goes wrong, or I knock something over when I come down. The, I, I was I was terrified. I'm on the radio every day. I was more nervous to officiate your wedding than anything I've ever done on the air. You didn't look nervous, and <laughs> now I will I will say I did, and I appreciated this. Uh, the amount of preparation that you put into it. I mean, you literally put a lot of work into this and a lot of practice, and I very much appreciate that. And I will say, uh, it was nice for me because it's it's well, you've done it. It's a little nerve wracking being up there. Yeah. At least it was for me, being the 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 groom or one of the people getting married. And so it was very nice to me that I could just look at at, at my buddy there, <laughs> and that was like, it's like. It's just, it was helping calm me. And I was not looking at all the people back there staring directly at me and my uh, my wife now. Yeah. So it was fun. You know, we could have ditched the unity candle section. We could have. It was a little windy outside <laughs> yes. in mid-March. Yeah. A little chillier than we would have liked. Yeah. And a little windy in the unity candle. Although, I mean, in your you improvised. And the unity candle <laughs> that would not stay lit, yeah. uh, you improvised. And, 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 you know, it blew out. And would, you know, what did you say? The, uni the This candle that was lit? Is that what you said? Yeah, part yeah. of the script was, you know, if you look over here, these two candles, there's one lit by you and your mother and your lovely bride, Laura, and her mom. And then we were going to join those two as we're joining you in marriage. Well, those things stayed lit for about four seconds with the wind, <laughs> blew them right out. Now, I was just nervous because when we walked over there, I sort of bumped into the table and the, the what were they, they call them the hurricanes that go around the candle started sort of going back and forth. And I was afraid I was going to knock them all down and really look like Kramer on Seinfeld, just barreling through all this stuff. Uh, but yeah, the, the script was, you know, the candles you see here. Well, then I'm looking over and going, well, there's no candles. So the ones you did see here, right. <laughs> they were able to dance on their own and they were unique and individual. So we got through it. It was fun. Now, I will say this. The, the first rule I've heard of public speaking is picture the audience in their underwear. Okay. Well, that wasn't doing a whole lot for me. So I had to move on past that one. Yeah. So then what I started doing is a little trick I learned when I do a segment on MLB Network. When I first started doing TV stuff, I used to get terrified. You'd see the red light. You'd see the camera staring right at you. And they said, look right over the top of it, like at the row of seats right above the camera. So that way you're looking at the camera, but you're not really looking right at it. So I did the same thing with your crowd. You had 110, 120 people there. And I looked right at the back row, right over everybody's head. So it looked like I was making eye contact with the people. But no, I, I couldn't do that or I wasn't going to make it through it. Yeah, I picked it when, when I did have to turn around when Laura came down the aisle with her, with her dad. I had to pick a spot. 
was like a little dark spot or something on the wall above where she in the doorway. Yeah, the waterworks were coming, weren't they? Oh, I was fighting it bad. <laughs> I actually held it together better than I thought it would because yeah. I, I was worried I was just going to be blubbering the whole time. But I, I made it through. I couldn't look at her, though. I had to, like, stare at that spot. We'd already done, like, I'd already seen her. But like we did the first look and the pictures and all that, so which I'm glad we did because mm-hmm. that was a mess then. Because she, I mean, she looked she looked amazing. But you did a you did a fine job. Well, and it, it was very and you know people that have listened to this show for a long time. I mean, they heard us talk. We, last season we were talking about you were going to do this, uh-huh. so now we can say that we, we that wasn't a joke. You actually did it. And I got pictures to prove it too. You know what? Today's May fourth as we're taping this. Yeah. Tomorrow on your birthday, I think that's when I'll release a, a picture or two in, in, into the world. I love it. I love. Well, like I said, I told you the day of. I told you when you asked me to do it. It was it was truly an honor to be part of a, a, such a, a great day. It was a beautiful venue. A little chilly, I will say. That. It was it a little was. cold. It was. But <laughs> if that was the worst thing that happened all day long, I think we all did well. So any of your fine listeners, if you're if you're tying the knot next off season, give me a holler. Like you, I'm I'm a pretty cheap date when it comes. You know, feed me. Give me a couple of cocktails. Tales and I'll go up there and, and wedge you. Rev Kev <laughs> That's right. on the site. I think that should not only be your name, that needs to be the, the side hustle, the yeah. business, the Rev Kev Enterprises or something. I like like kind of like talking about Seinfeld. Kramer Kramer Kramerica. Uh-huh. Rev Kev. Except but, except you won't you'll actually marry people. You won't <laughs> drop violent what is it like bubbles ball, of oil? Ball of oil out a window <laughs> from twenty stories up. Yeah, yeah, I won't do that. Okay. That, that okay. would cost you extra if we wanted to do that. <laughs> okay. Well, Kev, as we're sitting here, by the time this comes out, uh, the brave will be back home and getting ready to face the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, as we're sitting here, we're in my office, and the uh, the f- series finale against Miami just started. As a matter of fact, Miami just dropped a ball, huh. so Ronald's on to Ugh. lead the game off. So there's that. Um, where to start with this team? I would say where are we at best record in National League, second yep. best record, best in record, League. second best in baseball. Yeah. So we're in the first week of May, second best record in baseball. And that has been achieved with a lineup that has not been really at any point at full strength. Maybe for like a minute on opening day, I felt like. Yeah. And a rotation. So overall, I know we got some in, some more injury concerns with Kyle Wright and everything, but overall, we got to feel pretty good about where this team's at right now. No, I don't know how you can't. No doubt about it. I mean, you think about you were without Michael Harris for a few weeks. Travis Darno has missed so much time with the concussion, way more than we expected. Uh, you know, your rotation. You didn't have Max Freed for a couple of weeks. Kyle Wright was slow getting out of the gates. You saw Schuster in, Schuster out, Dodd in, Dodd out. Bryce Elder, who has been a such an unbelievably great surprise for this team. But you're right, you haven't been full strength. You know, you've had uh, Orlando Arcia has missed time. So, uh, what you're getting at is a team that has performed extra- at a very high level figures to only get even better as it comes back uh, and gets to full strength, and hopefully that's sooner rather than later. But that's the one thing I think has been a, a hallmark of this team over the years. Guys are going to get hurt. That's part of the game. You know that that's going to happen year in and year out. No time to feel sorry for yourself, though. you got to pick up the pieces, move forward, and whether it's Hilliard, Pilar, Eli White had a couple of good games for the Braves. Uh, other guys in the rotation. Now it's Dodd's opportunity and Bryce Elder. Whoever it is, they're getting chances and they're making the most of it. So ideal scenario is that there's really tough decisions to be made when you get healthy. And believe me, there's 29 other GMs that would love to be sitting in Alex Anthopoulos' office right upstairs knowing that, hey, you got the best record in the National League and you're only going to get better. How do you do it? How do you find ways for all these guys? It's a good place to be for this team right now. I'm glad you brought up Alex and you mentioned those guys that have stepped up. I I think, and Greg and I were talking about this recently on Behind the Braves. Uh, um, um, <laughs> we were, we're testing my new podcast setup yeah, here sorry in my about office. That. <laughs> no, I realized that we've got like a, I've, I've got some 
Got, got a few kinks to work out. The mics sound good. The recorder is great. I just realized as we're sitting here, anytime either of us touches the desk, it's like we're on the gong show. Right. <laughs> the, the water is now on the floor, Ricky. Sorry about that. Uh, my coke. Let's see. Let's see what this sounds like. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Gong. Yeah. You got gong. Get out. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, we're, we're working out the bugs yeah. here. Um, but no, I, I, Greg and I were talking about this recently. Obviously, GMs get praised for all the big moves, the, the big draft picks that hit, all of that. But I think another huge part of it is finding the right guys to plug in those holes and identifying guys. Else. Sam Hilliard is one that immediately comes to mind for me where you're picking up guys who are kind of they bounce back and forth a little bit, really hadn't caught on fully. But they identify these guys that like, hey, I think they can fit in with us. And and then I don't know, maybe some front offices look at guys and think, okay, if you look at this guy's numbers, they haven't been great here or something's wrong, like something's not the best here. But I bet we can get them here with our guys or, or our front office and our staff. And I think we can make them better. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that, that the upside is a big deal when it comes to those moves, right? You might not go out and get the biggest names that are on the market. You might not get the flashiest of free agents. But go back to 2021 at the trade deadline when he brings in all of those pieces, Rosario, Soler, Duvall, uh, Rodriguez. I know it didn't work out long term, but he had some big moments for you. He so had like a month there where he, yeah, he contributed to that team. Yeah. You don't win a division without a guy like that. So right. I guess what I'm getting at is I think that Alex and, and his whole staff, whether it's uh, the scouting department or whether it's everybody else in the baseball operations department, do such a great job of saying, look, we could go get the biggest fish out there and drop a ton of money on him, or we could get ancillary pieces to build around to build that depth and look you trust the back of the baseball card I mean what Alex has done I know some fans will question well why did he get this guy or why did he bring him in those numbers are t- trust what you've seen and I think that's a big part of this Alex has given this team a, a chance to weather these kind of storms you're going to deal with when it comes to injuries and like I said kudos to all of those guys for for stepping up in a big time way have you ever seen uh, anybody that's since you've been working in the game and you, you covered it years ago in Philly, you, you covered the Phillies for a while. Mm-hmm. Now you've been here for what? 12, 13 years, 12 13, years, 12, 12 years season. Yeah. Wow. Have you seen anybody run the bases like Ronald has been running them <laughs> this year at the least at that rate? I know we've got guys that maybe pure speed or faster, but I, I, I don't know. It maybe it's partially the rule changes too are leading to this, but I found myself enjoying watching whenever he gets on base, just seeing if he's going to steal. I don't know. That's a that's a. Have you ever seen any uh, covered anybody like that? And oh, Braves got to run first inning of this game. All right. Yeah. Go, who go else? Dylan Dodge. Sean Murphy. Who else? Off oh, the wall in right field. <laughs> that's a, it's uh, should should Sean Murphy's statue. We could put it beside Babe Ruth's up there somewhere, but maybe just put it directly in front of it and a little bit bigger since he's the, the new Babe Ruth. Do you have a home plate gate here? Yeah. Do you have one? Because <laughs> yeah. if not, you're going to need to build one and you have it yeah. sitting right behind it. <laughs> right. That's what you should do. I can't remember all the statues and all the gates that are here. Yeah. Uh, but to, to answer your question, I even forget what your question was now. We're, we're just we're, talking about Ronald running the base. Oh, Ronald running the base. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Wasn't even really a question. Just chatting about that and what we've seen out of him so far. The only that. guy that I can remember that I've covered. Now, again, you had guys like Billy Hamilton who were running wild and free. Uh, with the Reds, the only guys that I can remember are Jimmy Rollins and Shane Victorino. Great. Those two guys would get on, and they were gone. Now, again, different rules, different circumstances. Can't hold runners on like you used to uh, in baseball in 
2023. So you're seeing stolen base numbers, you know, go through the roof. So as far as guys getting on and making things happen, Ronald's probably the guy that comes to mind that I compare with with Victorino and Rollins. I mean, those were, are those are great. I, those team, those Phillies team, and I hate to admit it as a Braves fan, but I just I remember those Phillies teams were so good. Mm-hmm. And you think about, I feel like a lot of times, especially the further we get removed from them, and maybe this is an outside of Philly perspective, but I, I think of Ryan Howard and the and the immense power that he had in his prime, the pitching staff, those guys you had in their prime. Uh, and that's not just <clears throat> the rotation, you know, the, the Phillies, the one the one World Series where Brad Lidge was, was literally just, just automatic, basically. Yeah. But I do feel like sometimes Jimmy Rollins gets a little overlooked. Victorino, in particular, <clears throat> the flying Hawaiian, I feel like he gets overlooked, too. And that was such a huge part of those teams. You, I feel like the the pitchers and power guys, they got uh, Chase Utley got a lot of the attention, but it can't be overstated how those two guys at the top, Rollins and Victorino, how essential they were to that team's success, much like Ronald is at the top of, of this lineup. Yeah, so. And it's, it's funny because there are still people in 2023 who have watched Ronald for five years, Chris Domino, I'm looking at you, <laughs> who don't think that Ronald should be the leadoff man. Now, I know you can make the argument that does he serve you better hitting third, hitting fourth, but the numbers that he's put up out of the leadoff spot, it's hard to argue that you should just leave him alone. Don't touch him. And Snit has joked, I won't use this, this is a family program, but I'll edit what he said, but he said some dumb bleep took Ronald out of the leadoff spot for a little while, and that's never going to happen again. He he mentioned that uh, during, I think it was the COVID year on a Zoom call one day. And so, you know, for a guy who can do first pitch of a game, if you're a starting pitcher, you want to just lob one up there and, and throw a first pitch strike to start a game. You can't do that against Ronald, or it's one nothing before the butts are in the seats. Yeah, I agree with everything that he he brings to to the game, the lineup. I think it's it's just it's perfect yeah. for him. But leave him there. You just said it. Leave him alone. Yeah. Leave him there. What do, we've talked about, we've alluded to the rule changes. What are your thoughts on all of the rule changes that have happened thus far? And I will. I'm like I, I know you'll have your opinion. I've been a pretty big fan of. Well, all of them to this point. All the new ones this year, I, I I think all of them have been a huge boost to the game. I'll say this. Selfishly, as somebody who hosts a post-game show that can go late at night on the West Coast, <laughs> uh, being home from a 9.45 start in San Diego by 12.50 in the morning, I'm all in favor of the pitch clock. I mean, all kidding aside, <laughs> I think you start looking at, you know my son, he just turned eight last week. Uh, he is a baseball fanatic. Max eats, breathes, sleeps baseball. Now, when the game starts at 640, let's take these games in Miami, for example. You play two and a half hours of a 640 game, guess what Max can do? He can stay up and watch the whole game before he goes to bed on a school night. So I think there's a lot to like about eliminating that dead time, but also really catering towards that next generation where, you know, baseball, I think, has had trouble in the past of finding certain groups, whether it's inner city. And I think teams, Major League Baseball does a great job with the RBI programs and, you know, expanding uh, the game and, and growing the game. But I do think that that has been an issue where that next generation, you know, has not been able to watch more than half a game, three, four innings. So uh, I'm all about moving it along. You get more action. Batting averages are up. Stolen bases are through the roof. Uh, Scoring is up, but time of game is down. And at the end of the day, it's not 
less baseball. You're getting the same amount of action on the field. What you're not getting, though, is that starting pitcher who steps off and walks around the mound because he's ticked off. He didn't get a strike call or he's kicking dirt because he's you know ticked off. He didn't execute a pitch. So I think there's so much to like about these new rules and you better get used to them because they're not going anywhere anytime soon. No. So um, I think that while the commissioner has made some moves in the past where you, you scratched your head, maybe you didn't like this or that. I, I Talk to the guys in the clubhouse. I have. They like it. Now, there's one issue, and I'll say this. A lot of the guys use the pitch comm system, right, uh, where it calls the pitches from the catcher to the pitcher. If that pitch comm fails, a 20-second clock with a runner on second base and your catcher throwing down normal signs, making uh, you know double or triple signs, you don't have time to do that in 20 seconds. Right. So you're really relying on that pitch comm to work. But um, that's really the one area where you know maybe it gets a little wonky, but overall, I, I think there's so much to like about these new rules. I do too. I feel like the the game has such a better pace now. And I'm look, I'm a, a, a diehard baseball person and have been my whole life. I, the, the way the pace of the game was before, I, I still wanted to sit there and watch the whole game. Like it didn't affect me that much, but I have found myself enjoying this new. <laughs> okay. I'm not even going to try to fancily edit I'm, Kevin. I'm just going to leave that sudden cut out where, where it happened. All right. Because as I mentioned, this is brand new podcast equipment. And uh, the producer, a.k.a. me, forgot to put a fresh set of batteries in this here recorder. Hmm. So there's that. But then also at the exact same time, Jorge Soler hit a giant home run. Yeah. That maybe I'm just going to say that knocked out the power of the uh, the podcasting Oof. equipment here. That was a violent swing. That was. We're, that was game six swing right that there. That was a game six swing. Yeah. Yeah. Thing of beauty. Yeah, it was. All right. Well, so we, we've touched on the new rules. Uh, what do you look for now as we're, we're now into May? I mean, what are you on the lookout for here with the Braves over the next month? I mean, is it is it health of the rotation, health in general, uh, certain guys in the lineup stepping up? I mean, where are you, where's your focus going? Like, okay, this is something that, again, best record in the National League, but what, what do we not be concerned with, but what are you kind of focused on as we get into this next month of the season? Well, I'd love to see them treat Truist Park like a road game uh, because we know how good <laughs> yeah. this team has been on the road. Just 7-7 seven and seven at home coming into the upcoming homestand uh, against Baltimore. So you'd like to see them pick it up here because they've been so good at home. And and it is. It's tough to nitpick on a team that has one of the best records in the game and say, well, this area needs to pick it up or that area is... I would say this. The DH position is probably the one when you look around the game, it's probably towards the bottom third as far as production you've gotten from it. That being said, Marcelo Zuna appears as though his swing is coming around. Eddie Rosario has been swinging it better. Mm -hmm. I guess what I'm getting at is that one area has been sort of a weaker link, if you will. But again, it's hard to really point fingers because what I like about this team, Ricky, is they're not reliant on one or two or three guys. It's Some nights it's Acuna doing the heavy lifting. Some nights it's Michael Harris batting ninth or Vaughn Grissom towards the bottom third of the order. It's just it's somebody different every night, and that's the mark of a really good ball club where you're not just waiting on on Austin Riley to step up and hit a three-run bomb. It could be anybody in that lineup. So for me, I think the one area, maybe they have to stay at the Omni a couple nights. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. they have to get on buses to come from their house. I don't know what they need to do. They're 500 at home. It could be, it could be way worse. 
but you like to see them start playing as well as they do on the road here at home. And let's be honest, this place is packed every single night. So they've got plenty of fans on their side. And now hopefully they've got lots to cheer for on this upcoming homestand. Okay, so what have you seen out of the rest of the NL East thus far? Uh, For a Braves fan, I've seen pretty much mostly good things from our perspective. But what what have you seen from the division? I got to believe that I think the Braves are still clearly the class of the division. But I regardless of how the other teams have played thus far, I don't believe that this is they're going to just run away with it and be up, you know, win it by 14 games or something. What have you seen of the rest of the division thus far? Well, you may have heard the Mets have lost 16 games this year. (laughs) If you follow me on social media, you may have picked up. I was going to say, I've I've noticed somebody every day. I get alerts when somebody (laughs) tweets, quote unquote, the Mets lost. That's it. That's that's you. That's, that's, uh, that's a good, you, I mean, you, you officiate weddings and you've built a brand (laughs) on social with this Mets lost thing. Hey, look, Ma, I made it. No, uh, all kidding aside, the Mets are off to a slow start, but much like the Braves, they've had some injuries in their rotation, so uh, they're a better team than you've seen so far. I mean, they just got swept by the Tigers of all teams on the road. They're going to pick it up. There's no doubt in my mind. Philly getting Bryce Harper back I think is a huge lift for them. And this team that we just saw this week in Miami, I I was talking to uh, the radio guys when the Marlins were here a week ago, and I said I went on my postgame show on the Braves Radio Network on 180 stations broadcasting worldwide online And I called you guys annoying. And I I say that in a really good way because you're a much better team than you've been. The offense, you've got the last two batting title winners from the American League and Yuli Gurriel and Luis Arise. So you're better offensively. You're getting some power from Jorge Soler. They're going to keep somebody out. I really think that whoever struggles against Miami this year may be on the outside looking in when it comes to the postseason. So the Mets are going to pick it up. Stevie and Queens is going to let me know, too. This is their new thing now is. Ricky, they're DMing me, talking trash, and then blocking me so I can't respond. Mm, kind of a weak move, but we'll we'll talk about that. Yeah, at you later can drop time. the kind of that uh, is full one hundred percent weak. Yeah, it's yeah. it's kind of well, it's a different story for a different day. Uh, Nationals, they're not even. I mean, they're so far away from contending right now. It's a team that won a World Series three and a half years ago, and you'd never know it looking at their lineup and their roster. But Mets, Phillies, Braves. I still think the Braves are the class of the division once again. But that being said, there's still a hundred and I'm not great at math, 130 games, 128 games, whatever the number is. So there's a long way to go. But believe me, I'd much rather be in the Braves position now than they were a year ago trying to climb out of a deep hole. Because um, while they accomplished that last year, you don't want to live in a world where every year you're just constantly trying to, you know, make up ground and rely on other teams to lose. So, hey, when you're at the top, you keep on winning. Doesn't matter what anybody else does. Unless it's the New York Mets, because I'll let people know. That's true. That's very yeah, the true. The Mets lost again on Thursday. <laughs> and they lost twice on Wednesday. <laughs> to the Detroit Tigers, to you the said. the Tigers. How about that? They had a, That was a sweep, by the way, in case anybody yeah. missed it. Yeah. In the way too early to even think about it uh, uh, bracket, but still, I'm just, I saw it. MLB or somebody put it out there. I saw that, you know, if the postseason started today, which is a silly thing to talk about on mm-hmm. May 4th, but I'm just going to bring it up anyways, because it was just so interesting to see the National League side. There the Braves were as the one seat. And then you had the other two seed getting the other by the uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Braves would play the winner of the Brewers and Diamondbacks. Mm. Would and I'm just thinking, wow, that is. I kind of hope that this is how it ends. The, not even for like, oh, I think the Braves will handle them easier or anything. Nothing like that. I just it's good for baseball if I see that Pittsburgh P in the playoff bracket. The Diamondbacks are getting in the mix there. Like it, it's it's good to see. So I hope that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I said that uh, talking about the rest of the division was going to be my last question, but my my last. 
last, last question is, are the Pittsburgh Pirates good? Because they look good. They're fun. I think they're yeah. a fun team to watch. And think about it like this, Ricky. They're doing it without O'Neill Cruz, yeah. who got hurt early on this season. So what they've done is amazing. And now hopefully they're getting some fan support in PNC Park uh, because of their great start. It is a beautiful facility to watch a game. You've got the, the Pittsburgh skyline right there in front of you. You walk across the Clemente Bridge. Um Sneaky good food town is mm. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Even though being a native Philadelphian, I'm not really supposed to say anything nice about that other city five hours west of Philadelphia. But it, it's a fun team to follow. I like the storyline of McCutcheon being back, sort of bringing his career full circle. I thought that was a neat moment. So, yeah, I, I think they're good. What's interesting, though, is when you go to the other side of that division, the St. Louis Cardinals, who are horrendous. Horrendous. Yeah, and I don't that know, coming. I don't I did not see that coming. Their pitching has not been great. Their offense with Arenado and Goldschmidt and Edmund and Ona, they just have not put anything together this year. So if I'm the Cardinals, I've got to be looking around going, the Pirates are in first place. Like, <laughs> what are we doing here? And look, they're still they a long getting way anywhere, to go. man. No, yeah. Oh, I know. They're just not getting anywhere. But hopefully, uh, Pittsburgh can keep this up maybe until the All Star break. You know, give fun. give the fans in the Steel City something to be excited about because I don't think they're going to be getting all that geared up about Steelers football this year. I don't know if they'll be as as amped up as they have been. They might have to wait till hockey season rolls around in November. Yeah, there you go. Well, and along those same lines of the Pirates, the, the team that the Braves are facing this weekend, uh, as this episode is coming out, it should be the day of Game 1 versus the Orioles, who another really fun young mm-hmm. team, and they've won 20 games already. I think they're in second behind the, the Rays. Of course, the Rays have that ridiculous record from winning every game for the first <laughs> three weeks of the season or yeah. whatever it was. So, it'll be fun. It's going to be a fun homestand. Orioles, Red Sox, it'll be a good time. Thank you so much for stopping by and doing this and pitching in for Greg this week. We very much appreciate it. It is always in a, a pleasure. In addition, in, in addition to marrying me. <laughs> Thanks for that as well. Now listen, I'm only doing it once. I'm, don't ask me to officiate any more weddings for you now, alright? That's the rule. <laughs> it's one and done. So Ricky. you'll do other people's weddings, but I only get only one per person. I'm just not doing another. Yeah, one per person. I was I was hoping to get a two for one deal. You one, know. For, one per customer. No, that's it. But it was a, it was a pleasure to do it. It was uh, it was an honor, and I'll look forward to that photo being posted. I can't All wait right. to see it. One. Hey, happy early birthday. Thanks, too, pal. Yeah. Cin- it's not Cinco de Maco. It's not Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> it's Cinco de Maco. Remember that tomorrow, Good. May fifth, Cinco de Maco, not de Mayo. All right, I got it. All right, Kevin McAlpin. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it, pal.